If I were the Prince of Darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The... So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting, so that everything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. Everyone has dreams and aspirations. So does the devil. The Lord of Darkness, and aptly titled, is not going to just lie down and let you do what God intends for you to do and to be. That is why when Paul Harvey stated the material issues in this world, the focus turns to, quote, the ripest apple on the tree, the. Yes, you. You are the target. Now, a disclaimer. Never will the devil, Satan, the enemy, or whatever name you use for Lucifer, I call him Lucy, directs your actions. He will tell you to do something, but it is you who makes the final decision in your actions. When people say, the devil made me do it, you know, that's a fallacy. You are responsible for your actions, and Paul Harvey, not directly, really states this. You need to understand that Harvey is really direct in his wording, but using passive words, you know, passive actions such as whisper, convince, confide, and teach. Now, you may disagree with these words being passive, but look at our world today. Everything has changed slowly and in many aspects in a passive manner. Look how politics, societal, and cultural changes have occurred. Until recently, these anti-God ideologies are at the forefront and blatantly public. Hence, there is now overt dissension and separation in our world. What, what, what was once bad, you know, riots and interpersonal crime, is now classified as good. You know, and that's according to mainstream media. And true peaceful protesting is bad. And in this section, Harvey reminds us of Genesis 3.1. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. As God, as excuse me, as God, as as Harvey mentions in the monologue, quote, "I would whisper to you, as I whisper to Eve, do as you please." Well, is that not happening now? For those who are in their forties, look at how the younger generation has more flaws and discipline and respect than we do. 
and yes, I too have major flaws when compared to the previous generation, and so forth. But that is the issue. Parents over the last few generations are being told that their children should do as you please. God, as I have mentioned in previous loading screens, is a parent who has high standards and expectations for you. You need to be disciplined enough to be taught the tough lessons while being mindful of your actions here on earth. You know, this is why when Harvey talks about the old being taught our father, which art in Washington, he was looking at what's happened during the COVID pandemic years before it actually happened. Most people looked to our government and not to God for help, spiritual support, and understanding. Look at where we are now. People pray to their patron St. Fauci and lift their hands to the U.S. Treasury. Now, I'm not stating that the U.S. government should not be considered in the plans of helping people during an earthly issue. Far from it. But by turning our backs to God and placing in the temple St. Fauci and Washington, D.C., the work God is doing to change your life is all gone. We need God and Jesus, as our bodies need oxygen, and this is not hyperbole or opinion, but from personal experience. In his next paragraph, Harvey goes into the media industrial complex, its propaganda and ability to influence the moral upstanding of you. And therein lies the problem. Like my mother, she's totally dependent on the current state of mainstream media, that she herself forgot the lessons she and my grandparents taught me. Those lessons are question everything, think for yourself, trust in God, and finally gain knowledge. These four ideals made me an outsider to many of my friends from high school today. These four foundations have made me a better person than I was in the past. As Harvey continues, it's not just media, but physiological influences that are corrupting our society. Before the 2000s, drug companies could not promote their latest and greatest medications on TV, radio, or print media. Today, half the commercials are about drugs or narcotic medications. Today, you can watch Fifty Shades of Grey while taking your Valium, and society is okay with this. And this is the crux of this message. In 1 Corinthians, Paul makes it clear that Christians are responsible for Christians and not outsiders. To quote, I didn't mean that you should have nothing at all to do with outsiders of that sort, or with crooks, whether blue or white collar, or with spiritual phonies for that matter. You'd have to leave the world entirely to do that. But what I am saying is that you shouldn't act as if everything is just fine when a friend who claims to be a Christian is promiscuous or crooked, is flippant with God or rude to friends gets drunk or becomes greedy and predatory. You can't go just go along with this, treating it as acceptable behavior. I'm not responsible for what the outsiders do, but don't we have some responsibility for those within our community of believers? God decides on the outsiders, but we need to decide when our brothers and sisters are out of line and, if necessary, clean house. <clears throat> Unfortunately, many non-believers have stated that Christians and others of faith are more judgmental of them, and I happen to agree. Christians have decided to judge non-believers inside and outside of church. 
However, these same individuals who condemn you, the non-believer, are also sinners, and they tend to forget this aspect of themselves. At the guild, we know where our skeletons are, and we do not forget this. If you are a believer, and you know, we will work with you on being a better person for yourself and your community. We will lift you up when you're down and have sinned. Why? Because we remember our past and our sins. It would be very hypocritical to act perfect when we are not. But if you're a non-believer, the guild will never judge you or condemn your actions. But we will let you do as you please. Our door is always open to you, the non-believer. We will let you do as you please. God will be the judge of your actions, not us. So next week, we will expand our 1 Corinthians passage as we look at the next part of Paul Harvey's monologue from 1965, If I Were the Devil.